0: You're listening to a sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Niagara. We believe in unapologetic preaching, unashamed adoration of Jesus, unceasing prayer, and unafraid witness. Thank you for listening. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're doing that, let me just uh, thank the Lord. Father, thank you for this church so much. Father, thank you for the immense privilege and opportunity to be here now. I don't take it lightly. The chance to open up indeed the book of of all books. The one that you have written, the one inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. The book that it gives life because the Holy Spirit takes it and the gospel message is proclaimed and lives are changed. And that's been the way it's always been. That in itself is incredible. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. I just want to pray, Lord, right now too, just such immense blessing and joy upon this church and congregation I just pray, Lord, for the people that are here right now and are weary, uh, worn down, uh, discouraged. Even those, Lord, are in place of uh, strength and joy. Uh, Those who are filled with hope, God, I just so love and thankful for the leaders of this church. Whether Pastor Daryl or the elders or the small group leaders and so on and so forth. I just ask, Lord, you will take this time now and you will use it truly to result in your glory. God, this nation needs Jesus Christ. He's, he's our only hope and he's our answer. And so we just pray again. This may be one small part, but it's a part that you have ordained. And so we pray that this time right now would not be wasted at all. This would be so used for you. I pray even each of us right now, maybe we've come in and just been a school starting and this week now is beginning and the year that's in front of us and even just a sense of, oh, but I pray even right now, Lord, you will bring peace and I will pray pray you will bring expectation, just faith right now to believe that you're going to use these moments now as you have already and great life change resulting in great glory. Oh, God, may it be so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this time. Now we pray in Jesus name. If you agree, you can say Amen. amen. Hey, Harvest Niagara, good morning. So good to see you. Daryl, thank you for the privilege of being here. Daryl is such a good friend of mine. The elders here love very much. And so, again, Paris and Cyr and I am very thankful. For this time together to open up God's Word, I'm going to ask you to open to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. If you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hand and the ushers will be so glad to give you one. Don't be shy. Just put your hand up if you want a Bible right now. All I'm going to do is go through verse by verse through Psalm 84. So you don't get a Bible open, it's going to be a little harder to follow along. So you're going to want to do that. Put your hand up and you can get a Bible again. Psalm 84 is where we're going to be together today. And today really is about one main theme. It's such a good time right now. I need a Bible right here, right in the middle. Buy a new Bible right there. Awesome. It's such a good time, listen, to talk about time. It's such a good time to talk about time. And there's no time, we're going to learn today, um, like God time. I'm thinking about the school students in the house. Any students, any students going back to school? You're like this, yes, you know, not so excited about that, and the new ministry year is starting, you guys are like us as well, there's ministries that are launching, a new focus, and all of the stuff's beginning, and again, hopefully some of us in the summer, we had some time to maybe just a bit of a different pace, maybe a little bit of rest, something like that, but then the, the kind of the full schedule kicks in, the programs, and the, the work launch, all that kind of stuff. But now we're reminded again, before we get inundated with the schedule, we got to learn this. There's no time like God time. God time is everything to us who call ourselves believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me start with this question then. How much time do you spend with God daily? How much time do you spend with God daily? See, the answer to that question reveals what we believe about God time. You know, there's a survey taken among Christians and the results of time spent with God daily. The results of the survey was this 81% of Christians, 81% of those who call themselves authentic believers in Jesus Christ don't spend time or don't read their Bible daily. 81% don't see God on a daily basis. And right now you're kind of looking at your life as I'm looking at mine right now. Even that stat is said. Here's the problem with that. And all through the message today, this is not about I better spend time with God because he likes me. And because then he will like me more. That's not it at all. The whole thrust of the message today, I will find time for that which I love. There's a reason you did the events you did yesterday. There's a reason you always find a way to end up at Tim Hortons or Starbucks, right? Because we always make time for that which we love. There's a reason you spend time with certain relationships because you will prove your affections as I will with how we spend our time, right? So, so today is not about any formal religious pursuit. It is about my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If I love him, I seek him. Here's the problem. If I fail to read my Bible daily, more often than not, almost almost entirely, Bible reading is associated with prayer. Because if I want to pray, and I want to pray God's will, I pray the word of God. Those two things go together. So a lack of intense following the Lord in His word has to mean there's a lack of prayer in my life too. If there's no word and no prayer, the two things the Holy Spirit uses the most, that means there's a lack of intimacy for the Lord in my life. If there's no intimacy for the Lord in my life, that my chances of seeing God's strength and grace actively flowing through my life on a daily basis, it's going to be tough, right? Listen, because there is no true relationship apart from time. I mean, try having a marriage without spending time with your spouse. Not going to go so great, right? At some point, you got to spend time. Try having a best friend without spending time with them. It's really, really tough. Try having a relationship authentically with Jesus Christ without spending active time with him. It's going to be pretty tough. Psalm 84 want you to look at verse 10. Verse 10 is going to be kind of the hub, and then we're going to pull back, and we're going to go through this text together. I'm very excited to do so. But notice right away the emphasis on time in verse 10. Such a beautiful verse, you should know it. Here we learn there's no time like God time. Okay, watch this. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Think about that. Notice day. For a day, time in the courts of the Lord is better than a thousand elsewhere. Awesome. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now, the context for this psalm is this. Pilgrims are traveling to Jerusalem. Why are they traveling to Jerusalem? Because that's where the temple is. Why are the pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem to go to the temple? Why desire the temple? Here's why. Ready? Because the temple is where the presence of God resides in. They pursue Jerusalem. They pursue the temple because they are pursuing the presence of God. They love him. They need him. The psalmist is describing here. The staggering blessing of being invited into the presence of God to dwell in his house. Now, what we're going to learn all through this Psalm, there is no greater joy or satisfaction than being in God's house or God's presence. So they are longing to be in the temple that they encounter the living God to be in his presence where they find most joy and satisfaction. Now, if you know your Bible, you might say, well, wait a second. This is the Old Testament. That is the Old Covenant. That means that the Spirit of God almost exclusively dwelt within the temple. You sought him in this one location at certain times. And and yes, his spirit might have filled different people at different times. But again, uh, for the most part, the vast majority, again, in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, the temple was where the presence of God was. So this is the Old Testament, Old Covenant. You say, now we're in the New Testament and we're in the new covenant now. You say, well, wait a second. Doesn't that make us even greater benefactors of the reality of the presence of God? Because last time I checked, there is no temple anymore, right? Right? Well, in fact, that's not true. There's no physical temple, but there isn't. Where's the temple now? Where's the temple now? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, no. Time out, time out. That is awesome. Just think about that, right? So now we're saying, for those of us who are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit now resides in us as children of God, and we now, I mean, this is just mind-blowing to me, we now are temples of the Holy Spirit. Somebody saying that. I mean, that is good news. And you're like, wait, that's true. I forgot about that. That's awesome. We are alive in Jesus Christ. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us at any point, at any time. We can access intimacy with God and know his joy and satisfaction and remember his grace. So here's my question. Then what's the problem? And what's our excuse when we fail to spend time with the Lord. Because He dwells in us and He wants us to dwell with Him. You see, this is the Psalmist's secret. This whole Psalm is unpacking the reality of when I'm in His presence, that I know life. And all of life then flows from there. It's the Psalmist's secret, but it's not supposed to be a secret. Again, verse 10, Psalm 84 For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Loved ones, just think about that. Do I believe that? I think right now we'd say, yep, yeah, I believe it. No, but do I, do I believe it with my life? Look here, look here, look here, look here. Easy to say yes here. Harder to say yes from here to here. See the difference? Yes, I believe a day in your course is better than a thousand elsewhere. But if you really believe it in theology, it leads to transformation. And the transformation then says, see, this is where, this is not a head sermon. This is not a religious sermon. This is a message of, if my theology is right, and my heart is actually engaged with my theology, it changes how I live. Because better is one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. You know, honestly, this has been on my heart, obviously. I'm preaching this message today. And even last week, you know, college football started. I'm a college football fan. I was watching college football with my two boys at home, and just, it got a little bit on. I was like, you know what? This is kind of boring. Or at least, at the very least, I was like, I'm going to bed because Jesus is so much better. And you're kind of saying that in your heart. but you really believe it because you're just like, you're kind of excited all of a sudden. You're like, eh, it's okay. And you're like, but when you're with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're like, you don't go, eh. You're like, ah, and he is so wonderful and so beautiful. So, so. There's no time like God's time. There's no time like God's time. And what we're going to do, we're going to use this psalm and we're going to take this theme and explain why God time is so essential within our lives, okay? There's no time like God time. Everything flows from here. And what we're going to do with Psalm 84 now, we're going to take the top 10 reasons just from this psalm as to why there's no time like God time. The top 10 reasons. You're like, 10 points, help me. No, 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 we'll go fast, all right? The first ones I'll spend some time on and then we'll move through them as we go, okay? The top 10 reasons why there's no time like God time. This is such an appropriate message to launch you in now to this new ministry year, school year, whatever it is for you. Reason number one, why there's no time like God's time, here it is, because it's lovely time. It's lovely time. Look at verses one and two now, okay? Notice, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, Yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Now notice, these verses are a massive compliment to verse 10. How lovely is your dwelling place. For one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Because in the presence of God, there is no greater beauty, no greater loveliness, no greater attractiveness for our lives to be in the presence of God. You see, there's no time like God time because it's such a lovely time. The psalmist knows this. The beauty of the dwelling place of the Lord. Why, why, this Ready? right away. Because you cannot improve upon God. He is the definition of beauty and lovely and majesty. He holds all glory. Notice the three L's. In verses 1 and 2, at least in my translation, notice where there's lovely, then there's longing, and notice then there's living or life. See what happens here? You want to find life? You're here right now. And you are not in a place where you feel like you are filled with life. Here's the solution for you right now, heart and mind together, right? The loveliness of the Lord. The longing for the Lord. And that's what leads to life. You see him as lovely. You behold his beauty. You long for the loveliness. And then the caboose of that train is going to be life. That's where life is lived. If you find the world lovely and you long for the, lo- for the world, you find death. Because it cannot satisfy. But the loveliness of God, the longing, my soul longs for you, the psalmist says. And then from the longing, we find living or life. I love that so much. And then notice it says says in verse 2, My heart and flesh sing for joy. Who wants joy here today? You're hearing the answer. You're hearing the answer right now. The Lord longing for him life. And where there's true life in him, of course, there's going to be joy. The satisfaction of the presence of God to gaze on his beauty. But listen, this is where the Lord, it just can't be for us. And we're kind of seeking him. We just kind of give him some lip service and move on. You will not, I will not find life in that sense. You know, someone who totally got this and understood this. Some of you will know the beautiful musician. His name is Keith Green. Died tragically. And many years ago he had such a heart, you know, he stood up one night and he was um seeking the Lord through song and writing a song. And he wrote that song, um, Oh Lord, you're beautiful. And you know, he wrote he, he sat down at midnight and he describes it as he's like crawling out and he saw his heart was getting harder, and he said this, and he said, Oh, it's only he can. And he said, Lord, I want my heart to be like baby skin. I want my heart to be so soft. It's been calloused. I don't I, I don't want it to become hard and 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 just insensitive to what you so Lord. And he began to write this song. And in two hours, he came up with this song right here. and, And he wrote the words, and it goes, Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds in me. And I love this verse too. He says, oh, Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the oil of my first love that burned with holy fear. That's awesome. That right there, for some of you, you came to hear that. That you remember a time when you were filled with holy fear of God. But over time, all of a sudden, the affection and the loveliness has dwindled down maybe to a low little flame. And the Lord's like, no, no, no. There's so much more for you. And there's so much more for us. And so much more for this church. And don't ever underestimate the power of seeking the beauty and the glory for the Lord. Because he is that beautiful and glorious. And the joy that comes down as we understand, as we understand he is the one. You know, I think the single greatest reason why the church is languishing so much in our nation because we simply love other things more than we love God. If we're honest with ourselves, we often prove that we love other people, other things, other stuff, money more than God himself. Of course then, of course then we will not see the power of God through our lives because the reality is idolatry has greater attention in our lives than God does. No wonder the church is without power because we're showing him day by day, we don't truly love him the most. But see, this is why there's no time like God time. Reason number two, it's a blessed time. It's a blessed time. Look at verse three. Even the sparrow, this is, this is one of these verses, like I've read Psalm 84, I don't know, 20 times in my life, 30 times, who knows? It's one of these verses that I didn't know was even here. You know what I'm saying? So look at this. Even the sparrow finds a home, And the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. These are, these these are such beautiful verses. So, so listen, listen to this. In the house of God, even sparrows find a home and swallows will find a nest for their young. What's happening here? This is intimately describing that all are welcome in the house of God. All, everyone here today, by faith and grace, are invited into the presence of God. And when they come, notice, like a swallow with her young. We think of the imagery of a nest. We think of a bird with her young and finding a home. What does that symbolize? It symbolizes peace. Freedom. Rest from sorrow and from anxiety. And this is the foundation of what God time leads to. How many of us here right now, we're honest, anxious, worried, stressed, fearful, troubled. Verses three and four for you. There's no time like God time. The peace that comes from the renewal of mind with the Lord and the blessing that is found in his presence. Look at verse four now. Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. So notice this here. I love this. God time leads to peace time, leads to praise time, ever singing your praise. You ever stop long enough to consider how much God loves singing? You ever thought about how many times in scripture the Lord recalls and states he just loves to hear his people sing? Don't ever discount what happens again before the message. That is so beautiful, so important, so critical. Don't ever feel ashamed that you're driving in the car and singing to the Lord at the top of your lungs. Amen, amen? A witness, a witness, a witness? Anyone? Yeah, not too many, huh? Well, we'll grow in that. We'll grow in that, all right? And how exciting it is, again, for the Lord to understand the songs of of his children singing to him. But notice here, notice here, we're learning here. So many believers forfeit peace and praise and joy because they fail to spend time with God a lack of the pursuit of God then, we forfeit peace, we forfeit joy, we forfeit praise. A song that kind of describes this so well is that beautiful hymn, of oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. I think we have those words on the screen though, don't we? There it is. Listen, it says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Here it is, ready? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless, see, that's it too, needless pain. Life is enough pain on its own, but the needless pain that we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Now, I think if you've been tracking with this message long enough you and through this, you want to sing this song right now, don't you? You want to sing this song? Okay, well, some of us do. So let's, let's just sing that now together, right? Because let's just sing it out to the Lord and let's show Him that we love Him. Here we go. Ready? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Amen. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Here it is. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry. Everything to God in prayer. Forgive us, Lord, for when we seek you not and we bring upon our lives needless pain because we're neglecting the one who is promised to carry our pain. Forgive us, Lord. There's no time like God's time. Reason number three, because it's a strengthening time. It's a strengthening time. Look at verse five now. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart, I love this, are the highways to Zion. Now notice the emphasis here on the journey to the Lord. You see that? The pilgrims, they're marching. They're walking to Zion. Zion, another name for Jerusalem. They are marching to the temple. They are, they are walking towards the presence of God. They are seeking him. The highway to Zion. Notice the passion of their pursuit. What are you passionate for? What are you passionate for? No greater passion than passion for Christ. His presence. Their, their hearts, notice too, their hearts on the highway to Zion. Question, what highway is your heart on right now? Is your heart on the highway to your Facebook page? Is your heart on the highway to materialism? Is your heart on the highway to personal success and ambition in the business world? Is your heart solely on the highway to achieve great grades in school? Is your heart on the highway to having more popularity and friendship? Is your heart on the highway to better health? Is your heart on the highway of bigger muscles in the gym? Is your heart on the highway to just finding pleasure? Just trying to escape whatever's in the world right now? Is, it, is that the highway your heart is on? Or is your heart on the highway to Zion? Zion? Where all of life seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Set your mind and heart and things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God if you've been raised with Christ. You know my favorite highways? One of my favorite highways is when I get up in the morning, usually pretty early, stumble out of bed, stumble down the hallway Love that highway, stumble down the stairs, that's a good highway too, stumble to the kitchen, stumble towards the coffee maker, Stumble over to the kitchen table. Stumble with my. Get my journal and Bible open. Stumble to get my pens. Stumble to wake up. And then all of a sudden. I find myself on the highway. Where you are sitting. Before. Kids still asleep. Praise God. (laughs) And you're there before the Lord. And you begin to seek him. And you open his word. And you begin to pray. Oh Lord. Lord. Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things of your law. Oh, Father, be not far from me. God, you know better than anyone. And I know right now, unless you dwell with me and in me, I cannot do what you're asking me to do. That is by far my favorite highway. Because that is the highway where I find life. I cannot do this apart from the Lord. Listen, neither can you. We know the stats among believers It's discouraging because what it tells us is that we might have it here, but again, we don't have it here. We must repent of seeking other things and other people as opposed to the Lord. When we understand the reality, we cannot do this apart from Him. But the grace and the love and the patience and the mercy and the tenderness and the gentleness of our God waiting for us day after day, wanting so much to spend time with us as we seek to spend time with Him. I mean, can you imagine if this church came together in that way? Can you imagine if every person in this church dedicated themselves not out of religion, but out of love, relationship with Jesus Christ, and sincerely seeking Him, morning by morning, day by day? Right, right, not for check mark, for relationship. Imagine each of us did this. What this church would become in the passion? Do you imagine we walked in, ready in this sense, filled with awe and wonder, in the worship setting? Can you imagine what the the groups that we join with? Can you just imagine the intensity and fervency? It's not simple or it's not complicated. It's not easy, but it is simple. Seeking the Lord together, how God will use that. Loved ones, God time is strengthening time. And If we fail to spend time with God, well, then we're failing to access his strength. Reason number four. It's a refreshing time. It's a refreshing time. Look at verse 6 now. Just go on verse by verse through God's word. Isn't this so fun? God's word's so great. Listen, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. Okay? Now, the valley of Baca most likely means a plate of a place of drought or dryness. It's certainly conveying a place of difficulty or trouble. But notice what happens to this place of drought or dryness. Look at verse 6. They make it a place of springs or of pools. Love when the Bible does this. The metaphor, the illustration, the imagery of God making streams in the desert. It's God that takes a barren situation and brings vitality and life to it. It's in this verse, notice explains that life will have valleys of Baccha life will consist of trials and temptation and periods of drought however those who strengthen themselves in the lord they will find the grace to carry them through who here right now who here right now you find yourself in a valley of baca who here right now again you're just not feeling it discouraged weary And this is for you right here. God says, I'm the solution to that. God says, you trust me. This season of drought will not last forever. As you seek with sincerity the presence of the Lord, there will come a time where all of a sudden, the spring rains, the water from heaven will come and begin to nourish the soil and the growth will start and the joy will return. There's no other place we can find this than the Lord himself. He is the one who makes beauty from ashes. He is the one, again, who causes streams to be found within the desert. See, God's word's imploring us to believe there's no time like God time because God time is refreshing time. It's refreshing time. And you know what? I implore you, and I have to hear this myself right now today too. I implore you as you seek to spend time with the Lord. You know what happens so often? So often we just give up so fast. We sit down, we're like, eh, not really into today. Forget, just kind of go away and we leave and go on to whatever, checking our phones and do whatever. To sit there, though, and to place your Bible open and to say, Lord, I genuinely want to hear from you. I genuinely need to hear from you. And I want to love you more. I just find that that's a prayer that's irresistible to the Lord. But the key is that you just don't wait 30 seconds and go, "Hmm, see ya. But to sit. And to wait, how often the Bible tells us to wait on the Lord. And I'm telling you, times recently, you sit, I get up, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it, I'm kind of discouraged, don't want it. But you sit and you put yourself in a place of receiving. A flat table for me, ready, a posture of wanting. And you begin to seek the Lord. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, minute by minute passes by. And then, and then, the whisper of the voice of God begins to be heard in your ear. And the truth of God's word begins to pop up from the page. And then all of a sudden the light starts to shine in the darkness. And this is when, when you start off by saying, "I don't want to be here," then all of a sudden the minutes start passing by, and literally, this is what happens. And so many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, the minutes turn into a half an hour, and a half an hour into an hour, and you are there, and you are finding yourself ignited in the glory and the love and the presence of God. And you went, and you started from God. I don't want to do this, and now you're saying, "God, can this not end?" God, can you keep the kids asleep for another few minutes? God, can you let this last? God, can you stop time that I may stay here? And because there's nothing like dwelling in the presence of the Lord. But listen, it takes our faith in seeking him to believe that he will do what he says that he will do. God time is refreshing time. Don't give up so easily. Wait on the Lord. May this be the best year we've ever had in seeking the Lord with our time. Reason number five, the next ones we'll go through pretty quickly here. Reason number five, God time is inexhaustible time. Look at verse seven now. They go from strength to strength. Love that. Each one appears before God in Zion. So we're learning here, our God is inexhaustible in strength. See that phrase? From strength to strength strength there's never a time where you show up for god time and god's tired there's never a time you show up and god's like you know what i'm trying to rule this thing called the universe you know and got all these billion people all over the place and all this stuff billions of people and he's like you know just give me a couple hours i'll come back and it never ever ever happens this is why god time is everything because all our strength comes from him so listen let's do some theological math If all our strength comes from him, then no time spent with God means no true strength from him, which then, of course, is a bad plan. There's no time like God time. You know, we're speaking about ourselves right now, but let's just take an example from Scripture of God time. How about Jesus? Here are some verses from the life of Jesus. Do we have those there on the screen? Look at this. So here's what Jesus, fully God, fully man. But I just mentioned, fully God. Look at how Jesus took care of his God time. And rising very early in the morning, this is Mark 1, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Jesus did. These verses always encourage me so much because if Jesus is doing this, just like man, if he needed to do this, Luke 5, that Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Notice desolate places mentioned twice in two verses. Alone with the Lord, Luke six. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Fully man, isn't fully God? Matthew twenty six. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, "Sit here while I go over there and pray." So. If God needs God time, I'm pretty sure we need God time too, right? Everything else, think of this way. Everything else we do in life apart from the Lord is futile, decaying, and dying. Our temporal pursuits are that. They're temporal. Time with God is eternal that 's why it 's inexhaustible. no time like God time. Reason number six it 's relational time. Look at verse eight now, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob. Now notice the intimacy between the psalmist. And the Lord, okay? Notice here. Oh God, hear my prayer. Give ear, oh God, of Jacob. Notice here. There's there's a relationship that is existing between the Lord of the universe and the psalmist. Remember this too, okay, right? There's never been a person used in history that has not been uh, in a powerful relationship with the Lord. No person powerfully used of God in history has done this without an intimate pursuit and relationship with God, ever. No strong relationship apart from time spent together, right? This is, why, this is why I urge you. The trail of busyness can seem to be productive, but in reality, it can make us incredibly unproductive in the eyes of the Lord. If we forego God time, we are busy doing something, but we might have left God behind. The demands on our time, all the things that we seek to do. I hate to do this to you, but I need to put a quote up here from John Piper because it's so pertinent for our day. And listen to what he says right here. He says, one of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. Ouch. Oh, that hurts. But look at that. Let it sink in, right? It's so true. One of the great proving points of something like Facebook Social media as a whole will prove that we get to the end. I don't have time. I don't have time. That's not true. We do. We just make time for that which we love. I said it already. I'll say it again. See, again, we just have to sit before the Lord and say, God, what do I really love? And we're proving it by how we live. See, relationship, relationship. There's no time like God time. Reason number seven. It's protection time. Look at verse nine. Behold our shield, O God! look on the face of your anointed so it 's our God time where we 're reminded again and again that the Lord loves me, has me, protects me, and watches over me okay so when you 're in your God time, right, you are reminded of the most essential truths, for instance, um, in the recent weeks i 've been in Ephesians, and I was in Ephesians chapter one, and just in the first fourteen verses blown away again, with what that's saying about who I am in Christ and what God has given to me in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 14 verses, this is what I learned in my God time. I am chosen before the foundation of the world. I am predestined by God. I am adopted, I am redeemed, I am forgiven of all my sins. I have inherited a heavenly fortune. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. I am guaranteed that I will not die. I cannot lose because Jesus Christ is my Savior. Oh, the gospel, amen, church? This This is... The gospel, right? So just imagine that, right? So all of a sudden, you're in your God time, you're in the word of God, and you're praying this, and you rise from your desk, and you walk up and you go, hmm, today's a pretty good day. You know what I'm saying? Why is it a good day? For all the reasons I just said. I'm chosen, I'm predestined, I'm adopted, I'm redeemed, I have the Holy Spirit, I will not die, I'm going to heaven. In your face lies of the world, Right? You see, know what I'm saying? Every day is a good day when we're seeing it from the right perspective. In the midst of pain, in the midst of trial, in the midst of heartache, especially in those moments, you stare those things down and you say, I am alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're not having God time, then we got some other time that's not going to help us so much. This is the power of the simplicity of seeking the Lord? Now, please understand that truth I just shared with you. You're not getting from your CNN app. You're not getting it from your sports teams. You know are I mean? like, oh, I'm so excited. The Leafs are starting again. the The Toronto Maple Leafs cannot give you what I just gave you from Ephesians one. Cheer for them. That's fine. I'll cheer for them too. But they can never provide for you. But the Lord Jesus Christ provides to you in the gospel of Jesus Christ found in his word and bathed in our souls through prayer. There's no time like God time. There's no. Don't you see why the devil's so afraid of sincere God time? Because this is where the church thrives. This is where revival starts. This is where marriages are healed. This is where souls are restored. This is where life begins and is thrives and goes on. Of course, of course. No time like God time. And we're in God to know us. Our shield, oh God, look on the face of your anointed. This is where we take up our shield and we walk through with life. Reason number eight, it's light time. It's light time. So I want to bounce down to verse 11 here for a second, okay? I want to pick up two things here. Look at verse 11. And we'll come back to verse 10 where we started. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. Now what is our God but light in the darkness? And we live in this dark world. And our world is so dark, but notice we are called to be light. But in order to be light, we must go to the source of light. So use that truth as incentive. Every morning we wake up with God time, you are shining light into your heart and mind. Notice our God is a sun and a shield. So look here, look here, ready? So God time, we pick up our lantern and we hold our shield and we start marching through life. The light for our path, the light of the world, the light that we need to see in the midst of the darkness, and then our shield, we're going forward through our day. Now, no God time, no light, no shield. Boom, boom, falling down and hit with all the arrows of the enemy. Light, shield. We're not playing a game. I mean, Ephesians 6 says this exactly. The armor of God, God time. You're ready. You're ready for battle. No God time? Totally vulnerable. These are the things that convince us that when we read our Bible, it's not a check mark, okay? Please throw that out the window. It's not a check mark. It's life. Light. This is where we live. It's the relationship with the Lord that allows us to see his light and life. Two more Reason number nine, it's receiving time. Look at the next part of verse 11 now. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Okay, so no time like God's time. Why? This is where we receive from the Lord. Notice, I love that verse, right? No good thing does he withhold. Is God stingy or generous? Generous, very generous. Notice here, it's not a matter of God is giving. Ready, ready? It's a matter if we are receiving. You look around your life and How come that person so far out from the Lord? How come that person seems to be doing these things? How come that person seems to be having their, their gifts used? How come this person? How come they have joy? How come they? Well, well, maybe it's because they're receiving the promised blessings of the Lord by pursuing a relationship with Him. Is it any wonder the person never spends time with God is walking around and kind of like, spiritually, right? And there's no prayer, no joy, no life, whatever, right? It's it's, it's not supposed to be a secret. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly, those who are seeking him in God's time. Here's what I believe happens so much. Every morning, Jesus is waiting. Every morning, Jesus is waiting. And he's waiting to be talked to, waiting to be loved, waiting to be asked, waiting that he might give, that he, he might give to us. And we get up in the morning... Oh, like this? well like, hey, Jesus was up. Oh, yeah, I'll be right back. Jesus, just give five, five, five minutes. I'll be right back, and we go on with our day, right? And Jesus, is here all the whole time, and he's like, I, I, Are you going to come back? And we come back in the other direction, and we're like, Oh, hey, Jesus was up, and Yeah, yeah, I know. I just, I got, I got to check my phone first a got I just make sure the weather today and stuff like that. You know. Oh, friend, us I'll be right back, right back. Hold on. Hold on. I'll be right back. Right back. And then we go away for another couple of hours, and Jesus is waiting, just waiting, waiting. And the whole time, we come back again. Jesus, is like, wait, I want to give you. I, I want. I want to. I want to bless. You. I want to bless you. Will you not? Will you not come back? He's willing to give loved ones. Are we willing to receive? No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It's receiving time. You know, one way to look at this, which I love. We are living in a day where the smartphone now is an epidemic. I have my smartphone with me. It's not that I don't own one. The smartphone, though, is becoming something that is... In large part, you say, well, it actually enhances my pursuit of God. Well, for 99% of the people, it's not doing that, okay? Here's the principle. Don't let your phone outcharge you. See, what do you mean by that? Think of how much time you spend plugging in your phone. Think of how much you know, the people, the smartphone, and the moment it gets down to low battery, get out of my way, I got to charge my phone, right? It's like, anything but the phone, I do no, no, I need my phone. I need my phone. Jesus is apart from me, you can do nothing. Often we look at our phones and live in such a way, apart from you phone, I can do nothing, right? Right? <laughs> Right, right, right? It's amazing. This is becoming something that is running our life. So, so we plug it in, plug it in. I can't lose power, right? My challenge to you is the same amount of time your phone is gathering electricity that it may work. We sit down before the Lord and we gather the, the electricity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Beat your phone. Don't let your phone out charge you. Sit before the Lord and receive from Him. And then you say, I'm going to beat you, phone. Not literally, right? But I'm going I'm to beat you. As you get charged, I'm going to be filled with the presence and the power of the Lord God Almighty. Such an important thing in our day, which applies to virtually every single one of us right now. There's no time like God time, love was, no time like God time. Reason number 10, lastly, finally, it's this God time is faith building time. Look at verse 12 now. O Lord of hosts. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Why do we end here? See what's happening here? At the end of the day, we spend time with God as we trust in him. We trust he is life. We trust he is light. We trust he is love. We trust he is strength. We trust he is grace. We trust he is all we need. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. And as we spend time with the Lord, all of a sudden, our faith starts to grow. Let's just recap where we've been throughout this message because it's been a lot. Top 10 reasons on the board why there's no time like God time. Lovely time, blessed time, strengthening time, refreshing, inexhaustible, relational, protection time, light time, receiving time, and faith building time. Let's end where we started, verse 10. No wonder, verse 10 says what it says. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. You better believe it is. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Amen, church? There's no time like God time. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, these simple but powerful truths could change a life forever. Could change a leadership forever, could change a marriage forever, could change a church forever. We dare ask, could change a nation forever. God, help us to believe that you are the fountain of life, the living water. If we are not drinking from this fountain, we will not find sustenance for life. You are the bread of life. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. You tell us over and over and over again, you are life. So we must feed on you. Lord, I just, for me, on behalf of myself and others can join in if they want to. Forgive me, Lord, when I neglect you. Forgive me, Lord, when I lust after the world and long for things that simply will never satisfy. Forgive me, Lord, in the church I'm a part of when idolatry creeps in and self-indulgence finds its way. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us our sins. Yet, at the same time, I'm so thankful you bring texts like this to remind us again of what is most pure and beautiful. You will forgive us in a moment. You restore us, you renew us, you delight in us. At the end of the day, you just want us, which is so awesome. You want our time because you want our love, because you want to give us life. I pray for men, women, and children right now are making decisions, and I pray truths they will hold on to so close to their heart for days, weeks, months, dare ask, years to come. May it be so. Bless Harvest Niagara. Bless them, bless them, bless them. For the greatest glory and the purposes of Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.